Looking for the best place to buy tickets for any of your favorite teams or sporting events? We've got the spot. Our partner, StubHub, has been the leading ticket marketplace in the world for over 20 years, providing a 100% guarantee with every order. From a worldwide selection of live events, the widest choice of tickets and industry-leading partnerships, StubHub has what you need to purchase with confidence. StubHub, an official partner of The Athletic. The Athletic. So England's players and fans celebrate here in Qatar once again. A place in the World Cup quarterfinals is secured where the reigning champions France now await. The 3-0 victory over Senegal was a stroll in the end thanks to goals from Henderson, Kane and Saka. But although he wasn't on the score sheet as he was in the opening game of the tournament, the influence of Jude Bellingham really came to the fore in this one. We'll analyse all the elements of an impressive night. Senegal, meanwhile, they had rhythm in the stands, but very little on the field. I'm Adam Leventhal and this is The Athletic Football Podcast. made a really intelligent run, bursting, trying to get away from Diallo, here's Jordan Henderson! England fans can sit a little more comfortably now! There's that familiar refrain, Sweet Caroline, ringing out here in Qatar. On this episode, brought to you on day 16 of the tournament, we'll hear from our team of reporters who watched the action unfold on Sunday night at the Albite Stadium here in Qatar. There's reaction coming up too from the England camp, from the manager Gareth Southgate and the players. On the way, we'll get the verdict of Oliver Kay, Jack Pitbrook and David Ornstein. But first... Let's start our roundup with how and why England won the tactical battle with Michael Cox speaking to Abby Patterson. Yep, I'm here with Michael Cox. The full-time whistle has just gone. Michael, the papers tomorrow are going to be filled with Jude Bellingham. He was the standout player, but we're here, we're watching it live. Can you give an insight to those at home back in the UK who weren't here? What's he doing that the TV isn't picking up? What are the runs that he's doing off the ball? Well, he's got more freedom in this system. I mean, the start of the tournament, he was expected to play alongside Declan Rice in a holding role. I think we saw his influence in those early games. Whenever he's played for England, he's looked at home. He's capable of playing higher up the pitch. He's played there for Dortmund. And it's like he's been unleashed. And today, he was England's best player. I thought Henderson as well, who I don't think was a, a very popular name on the team sheet, at times played a similar role. Storm forward for the opener. But yeah, it was, it was that license to drive forward that I think is, is going to define Bellingham's game for the next few years. He started every game, uh, as has Declan Rice. Um, but it was Jordan Henderson who was picked to be alongside in that midfield. Would you say that benefited Bellingham's game in a way? How did that play out? Yeah, I mean, Henderson gives a bit more defensive protection. He can play on that right side of the three. He can also play in the holding role. And even though he made a couple of storming runs forward, he's not going to do it again and again and again. I think 
He's learned to time his runs. And I think that gives license to Bellingham to just fly forward pretty much whenever he wants and link up with Kane, link up with the wide players. And yeah, he was, he was the star of the show. He was the star of the show. It took 38 minutes for England to break down Senegal. And even in those moments, uh, Bellingham was, was a bright spark. But before kickoff, the big calls were Henderson, as we've mentioned. Bukayo Saka came back in. Even Kane was having a few doubts thrown his way. Southgate, yet again, has proven that, well, he's proven the doubt is wrong. Those were the three goal scorers tonight. Southgate is vindicated once again. Yeah, and I think you mentioned Harry Kane. I think he deserves credit. You know, the last Euros in the group stage, he didn't score either. Then came up with a big goal in the second round. His, his finish for his goal was fantastic, but he also played a role in the other two goals, dropping deep, coming short, drifting wide, doing the things that fans don't always like. But I think this England side, with so many players able to break into space, it really does benefit the team. Jude Bellingham, I'm going to return to him because he just he has just grabbed the game by the scruff of the neck and he is going to be the headline maker. He's only 19 years old. We can get obsessed with age very easily. Do you think that is important? Yeah, I mean, the funny thing is we've, we've had some England players before who've starred as a very young player at tournaments. I think of Michael Owen in 98, I think of Wayne Rooney in 2004. And we always talk about, you know, how good are they going to be in five or six years' time. There are some players who peak at this age, and I'm not saying that will happen with Bellingham, but he's clearly an outstanding player already. I think you can say he's been England's best player in this tournament. And yeah, who knows how good he'll be in the future, but uh, at the moment he's just a fantastic player. It's been lots of positivity about Bellingham. Where do you see the, maybe flaws is too strong a word, but bits that he needs to work on to progress and make sure that he's not one of those players that stalls in five years' time? I think goals, just adding goals to his game. I mean, not many players are prolific at 19. They tend to just suddenly score a couple, get the bug and keep on going. But if he's the most advanced player in a midfield trio, you do expect that player to get into goal-scoring positions. So hopefully that will come with time, but whether we see it in this tournament, we'll have to wait and see. Have you got an idea on where his best position is, or is is that maybe too restrictive with this kind of player? Well, maybe it is. I mean, I think he can play as a number eight, as we saw today, potentially as a number 10 in the future. Again, you'd want to see more from him in the final third, but he does seem a really good all-round midfielder. I mean, there are, I know, comparisons with Steven Gerrard. He was the kind of player who could play pretty much any midfield role but a lot of young players coming through now they're so tactically intelligent they're so versatile it's actually difficult to predict it depends you know what club he ends up at uh, what other players are in the England setup but yeah at the moment he's he's playing the kind of role that I think five or six players in the England side would, would want for themselves fantastic we're going to leave it there with Bellingham we're going to move on I'm going to go find Adam Leventhal somewhere in this stadium and find out who else he's been able to catch up with. Abby, thank you very much. Yes, we're down in the mix zone. Um, a lot of talk, obviously, about Jude Bellingham. David Ornstein is with me. He's enhanced his reputation again on the world stage, hasn't he? Oh, he really has. Jude Bellingham is a, a generational talent. Of that, there is no doubt. He has already proved in his relatively short career, um, Birmingham City and most notably Borussia Dortmund, that he's a top prospect player for the here and now for the short medium and long-term future he's got all of the attributes you could want from a physical technical tactical intellectual perspective um, his body has developed 
into a man's body. Uh, he's got an old head on young shoulders. He's very composed. Um, he doesn't get dragged into spats or being goaded into any kind of um, ill behaviour. He, he helps run the midfield. He links England's attack and defence beautifully. He can p- play in the more advanced midfield position he can play a bit deeper he can pull wide Um, he seems to be striking up a great rapport with his teammates uh, for England and that we saw him in in the first half of the season domestically captain Borussia Dortmund he's playing like a captain for England as Bukayo Saka walked away from scoring his goal for England tonight Jude Bellingham was the last person to leave the sort of huddle and he walked back with Bakayo Saka sort of issuing instructions to him this is a 19 year old boy speaking to a, a slightly more senior teammate and you just can't fail to be impressed I don't want to big him up too much because he's still young but mate is it one of the most gifted players I've ever seen. I don't. I don't see a weakness in his game. I think. I think he's got everything, and um, I'm sure he's going to be the, the best mid- midfielder in the world for sure. Actually, in the build-up to this game, he was speaking about um, having ambitions of his own to be the England captain one day. I feel he's playing like it now already. He's earning rave reviews, but it doesn't seem to be phasing him. He comes from a really good family, a great support network. Um, he's grounded, that's for sure. There's no getting ahead of himself with Jude Bellingham. And it is terrifying in a very good way how um, impressive he is now. But just imagine what there is to come. He's got the world at his feet. He's got the capacity, if his body allows, to win major trophies and, and enjoy fantastic times. The one thing I would say that is that we've always got to show respect with players of this tender age. They can have... Uh, peaks and troughs and dips in form we saw against the USA he wasn't quite as good as he was against Iran he was back on form against Wales he was probably even better tonight it may go the other way against France but as a nation we can't uh, heap too much pressure on him we can't scrutinize him too deeply Um, we need to support him uh, analyze him fairly but remember he's a teenager and some um, appreciation of that is very important one thing that is unavoidable is Obviously, when he's playing in this tournament, he's going to be focused on playing for England, international football. But everyone's talking about where he goes next, aren't they? That is unavoidable. Yeah, of course, his club future is a source of great debate. But I do think he'll approach it in a calm manner because everything I hear about him and the people around him is that they analyse things very carefully. They won't be pushed into decisions by others or by a potential uh, financial reward for his club. Uh, and they want to accept no he'll do what's right for him Uh, that may be to stay at Borussia Dortmund in the summer of 2023 and continue his career in the Bundesliga until he feels it's right to leave that league and also the right opportunity has arisen Um, or he may decide to leave and there will be every club um, of repute (laughs) any club in the game would want to sign him but I think the biggest um, sides the likes of Real Madrid Liverpool Manchester City Chelsea Manchester United already being heavily linked with him um, and you know there are very few players in world football who can have their pick and I think most of those clubs will go to the financial extent that it would take to get him because they know that it will pay off in the years ahead they'll have you know probably a decade of Jude Bellingham um, and he will be worth every penny I'm sure 
but I don't think a decision has been made. The suggestion is that he will decide what he wants to do in the new year and the second half of the season. There's no pressure on him and um, I think wherever he may go at some point or if he stays at Borussia Dortmund, that club is going to be very lucky to have him. Let's draw ourselves back to the World Cup. That is the focus for now. And Declan Rice, he stopped in the mix zone a few moments ago and he's purring about England, isn't he? Oh, he was bouncing. You know, you could feel the adrenaline coursing through his body and out into our microphones. He's thriving on the main stage. Um, you know, it makes me happy to see that when you've got a player like that who, you know, so strong and athletic and is creating the chance he's creating. He's been doing it at Dortmund all season and now he's doing it for us. And it was a real uh, collective team performance tonight. It was all over the pitch. Magnificent. Look, he's a very upbeat, emotional character at the worst of times, let alone at the best of times. And, and I love that about Declan Rice. I think he's an amazing person, character, football player, leader. Um, he's developing as well. Talking of big moves, he could have one in the summer of 2023 in his own right. We've not really spoken about that. Um, but he was very clear and open in saying that England are a team who should be feared by anybody now. So when we put questions to him about Kylian Mbappe, well, he came back with answers about England. England's attackers and I think they're the top scoring team at the World Cup or any World Cup for many a year at this point um, and top scoring English team at major tournaments the, the, the sort of records are being broken left right and centre and Declan Rice just feels like England have a really good chance I remember him crying at the end of the Euros when England lost to Italy and I can sense you know he's He's that kind of guy who he gives his everything, his blood, sweat and tears. And, and that really came out in his answers. It's interesting that a couple of more senior players came through the mix zone afterwards and they were actually a little bit more measured. Um, but Declan Rice, his heart is on his sleeve and we love to see it. There's no complaints from us when players speak openly and passionately. And I think he feels that England can go very far in this competition, perhaps all the way. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is a paid advertisement from Better Health Therapy Online. Do you ever get that feeling that you need to get something off your chest? We all carry around different stresses, big and small. And when we keep them bottled up, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe place to release and discuss those thoughts and feelings and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. And if you're thinking of starting therapy, why not give BetterHelp a try? It's entirely online and it's designed to be convenient, flexible and suited to your schedule. All you need to do is fill out a brief questionnaire to match with a licensed therapist. And if things don't click, you can switch to someone new at any time with no additional charge. 
With over 1,000 therapists in the UK already, BetterHelp can provide access to mental health professionals with a wide variety of expertise in mental health. And because you listen to this podcast, you can get 10% off your first month of online therapy by heading to betterhelp.com slash athleticfootball. That's B-E-T-T-E-R-H-E-L-P dot com slash athleticfootball with no spaces. Right, I bumped into Oliver Kay in a stairwell. We need to talk about what comes next. Regulation win against Senegal. France, completely different proposition, isn't it? It is. It's, I mean, it's a huge game. Quarterfinal, it's against France. I think France, England, France would always be uh, you know, a big game, but I think it's, it feels an awful lot bigger. Uh, I, I can remember being very young, England playing France at the 82 World Cup in the group stage. Um, in the group stage at Euro 92 but this, this feels you know, um, this feels on another level playing, playing France in a knockout game and it's I mean France have, are certainly one of the teams to beat but I, I think if you're if, if you're France I think you'll be looking at England as one of the teams to beat in the, in, the, in the tournament based on what we've seen so far as you say three well a routine win tonight it was routine against Iran and eventually against Wales the way things turned out less less uh, routine against uh, USA but I'd say yeah it, England have made you know, England ended up looking very comfortable in those three games that they've won and we almost sort of haven't really seen them in a, in a real scrap and it's going to be interesting as the intensity goes up the quality goes up the pressure the stakes certainly higher um, it's, it's going to be fascinating to see how they go it's a completely different atmosphere here to when we were last speaking outside the Souk Wakif and it was all very relaxed. Yeah, yeah. But we did mention then about England being tournament savvy and almost just having it all dialed in. They were almost, they would have been visualising this already. They might not have been talking about it, but knowing that it was going to step up. This is a real test of their, their mental metal, isn't it? Yeah, and you, I mean, you'd have to say, I mean, I know there was quite a lot of criticism after the USA game, there was certainly a lot of criticism at half-time in, in the Wales game, but they've, they've coped so well with those, those, the three games that they've won. You know, three really good performances, I think, in the end. Um, very comfortable wins. And if you compare it to some of the performances we've seen for England at tournaments in the past where they've looked neurotic thankfully you know thankfully frankly they've 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 been all over the place often in group matches in knockout matches and everything just seems so controlled and it seems it seemed controlled at the last World Cup and at the Euros and the Southgate I think that's you know, a quality they have a trait that they've developed I also think they're a much better team than when they got to the semi-finals of the World Cup four years ago but I don't think they had a match as tough as you know, an opposition of the, of the class of the France team that they'll play on Saturday. So um, they were grateful not to be in the same half of the draw as France and Brazil and Belgium and so on um, four years ago. I think, I think they're in a, the tough side of the draw now. Um, so, uh, yeah, it, it looks, feels like it's still going to take another step up to get through, but they look, they look capable of at least rising to the challenge. Lots of players missing for France, Many of them, you know, fell prior to the tournament, but they've still got that Kylian Mbappe fella who's going to be tough to stop. Yeah, and, but in terms of budgeting for it, it was almost like, right, let's get Kyle Walker into the side. He will be able to mop up if need be. Do you think it's quite as, as simple as that? Um, I think, I mean, Walker's fast, but he's not as fast as <laughs> yeah. Kylian Mbappe. Was it 35 kilometres an hour he was tracked at... Um, 
against Poland. Um, yeah, it, it's. I mean, he, he's, he's clearly a real force to be reckoned with. Brilliant player, not not just a quick player, but a brilliant player. Um, so look, that. I mean, he's. He, it feels increasingly like he is the main threat. I know they've got Dembele and Giroud and Griezmann. You know, it's, it's a very very talented team, but. Uh, a large part of it is about trying to keep him quiet and there will be a plan I wonder if they'll switch sort of once and for all very firmly to a back back three I know there were spells when they were to switch between a back four and a back three in possession out of possession against um, Senegal but it, it feels like yeah they might firmly go in that direction against um, France Oli thank you Kane running through the centre Kane's got a big chance here now it's Harry Kane and England lead 2-0 so we're just down in the basement level under the Albite Stadium where the England players are actually making their way into the coach as we speak. Just seen Aaron Ramsdale make his way on uh, to the coach. James Madison there. Uh, Connor Cody. Jordan Pickford is just uh, heading onto the coach himself now. Prior to the game, it transpired that Raheem Sterling had been ruled out due to the fact that he had to leave to head home because of an armed robbery at his family home. This is what Gareth Southgate said about the incident. At the moment, clearly, the priority is for him to be with his family and um, we're, we're going to support that and it, it, we're going to leave him to have as much time as he needs. He's going home, yeah. yeah. Well, Jack Pitbrook was in that news conference and I'm sure we will keep an eye on the situation with Raheem Sterling, whether he comes back or, or he doesn't. It was interesting to hear from Gareth basically explaining that whilst it was a potential distraction, it didn't change his team lineup, did it? Yeah, so there have been speculation all week about whether or not Sterling would come back into the team. Obviously, he wasn't in the team that played England's third group game against Wales. Um, and then people were really in the dark until quite close to kickoff. And then it became apparent that Sterling was not going to play. Obviously, the FA then clarified that this was because he was dealing with a family incident which we now know is this horrible story about an, a robbery at his home in the UK. But Gareth Southgate did confirm in the press conference that that incident did not have a bearing on his selection decision. That is to say that Sterling would not have... Sterling was not going to start this game anyway. Foden and Saka were the two players who he wanted in the wide areas. And from a football perspective, that decision worked out well for Southgate. You know, both those guys played really well. In terms of another piece of the jigsaw, it's nice to plop into place, isn't it? Harry Kane getting on the score sheet. He hadn't scored in the group stages and he scored in very convincing fashion. It was, it was, it was a great moment in terms of progression and going into a far greater challenge against France. Yeah, it was a fantastic goal. I adored that goal because of how Bellingham drove through the middle of the pitch. That brilliant left foot pass through to Foden. Foden's cross to Kane. And interestingly enough, Southgate just said in the press conference there that there is no one else he would have wanted more than Kane to be bearing down on goal to put that chance away. And he noticed a huge improvement in Kane's overall confidence and his link-up play in the second half, having scored that goal. I think a lot of people have been impressed with Kane's performances so far, but we'd all been waiting for Kane to score a goal. It did feel a bit, it did feel a little bit odd that he hadn't scored a goal, given what a good player he is and how you know, in previous England campaigns have been so dependent on Kane's goal scoring, but then the Southgate set up there. It's actually a good thing, maybe, that England are spreading out the goals more than they did in the past. 
They've got lots of different players chipping in with goals from all over the pitch. And these are goals from open play as well. It's not like in 2018 where all the goals were penalties or from corners. England are scoring goals in open play and lots of players are getting involved. So I think that's a good thing. But it's also good that Kane's scoring goals as well. Foden has managed to get through. And here is Bukayo Saka. And the tournament's top scorers go up another gear. Well, whilst the rest of us were in the press box taking in the match, Charlotte Harper's had quite a different day. Charlotte, tell me, what have you been up to? I went to the Senegal camp uh, to see the 12th Lion, as they're known, the fan supporters group, get ready. And most importantly, those seven letters. You'll see the seven men painted white uh, chests and the letter S-E-N-E-G-A-L as they sway in the crowd among the dancers and the musicians. So I spent the day getting ready with them. Amazing, that's such a different experience. Um, tell me, is it the same letter for everyone? What are some of the things that surprised you in the, in the getting ready um, process? So it's quite a tight-knit group. They're like a team themselves. Uh, it started in 2002 when at AFCON. So some of those guys have been doing it for 20 years and they remain S. They do not change, they do not switch. There are two artists, uh, one who paints your full body and then the others which create the smaller details like they have green around their necks, green in their wrists. The Senegalese uh, flag is armbands, uh, a little green star which illustrates their flag. 14 pots of paint uh, for each color transported from Senegal to Qatar, so they're not gonna run out of paint. Um, and two subs. Um, just in case someone falls ill. I mean, that's, yeah, so well prepared. Um, get to the game itself, you're there, you're in amongst um, the crowd. What is that experience like in comparison to anything else you've ever had? Well, I'm just gonna take a step back because I got the bus there with them. Silence. Wow. And considering the noise that they made in the stadium, I was thinking, what's going on? A lot of them were praying. Uh, they have beads and they count their prayers. A lot of them were nervous and it was, you could hear a pin drop. And then into the stadium, the band gets going, uh, 17 drummers, uh, trombones, trumpets, cymbals, and uh, it's loud, really loud, but they do not stop. It is like an aerobic workout. Um, and they were just relentless. Even when the goals went in, um, I have like the matriarch who had her back to the pitch and any time that she saw someone not moving, she'd look with these bulging eyes, be like, move. So even when they went to go down, they were still full of life and so much energy. Like I felt alive with them. Are you gonna be bringing the swaying into the press box for your next match? A little two step to the left, arms go right, I've got it sorted. Strictly here I come. Love it, Charlotte. Thank you very much. I look forward to reading the full story over on The Athletic. Well, that's all for now as we just pop down the steps here at the Albite Stadium and head out into the night sky. Big full moon above us and uh, England are over it this evening. Great victory over Senegal. We'll continue to cover with depth England's journey here 
in Qatar and much more besides. We have four more round of 16 fixtures as well to bring you insight into Japan, Croatia, Brazil against South Korea, Morocco against Spain and Portugal, Switzerland. If you want to join in the action on The Athletic and subscribe for just £2 a month or $2 a month for the next 12 months, head to theathletic.com forward slash football pod and you can be part of it. Right, it's time for me to go. From the team and myself, Adam Leventhal, signing off. We'll see you tomorrow. The Athletic.